No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we study the book of Obadiah, where the prophet says that God will judge Edom for his pride and for mistreating his brother Israel. As Edom has done, so it shall be done to him. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl teaches through Obadiah on Simply the Bible. Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. There are at least 12 people named Obadiah in Scripture, but we know very little about the one who wrote this book. His name means worshiper of Yahweh. Scholars are divided on when Obadiah was written. Several portions correspond with Jeremiah 49, which was written after King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and took captives from Judah. Both Obadiah and Jeremiah 49 are prophecies against the nation of Edom. Now, the Edomites were descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt to go into the promised land, they asked for permission to pass through Edom, but Edom was unwilling and even brought out an army to stop them. That was certainly not a brotherly thing to do. So this family feud continued throughout most of Israel's history, but the judgment Obadiah pronounced on Edom was mostly because of the way Edom treated Jacob when he was attacked by enemy forces, presumably the Babylonians. This book reminds us that God judges all nations and that we will all reap what we sow. The Vision of Obadiah Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom, We have heard a report from the Lord, and a messenger has been sent among the nations, saying, Arise, and let us rise up against her for battle. Now this pictures the ambassador of one of Edom's allies going to the surrounding nations and gathering forces against the Edomites. It would involve treachery, but it would be fitting for the treacherous way that Edom had treated his brother Israel. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be greatly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who dwell in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high. You who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground, though you ascend as high as the eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars. From there I will bring you down, says the Lord. So God would make Edom small among the nations. And he said that it was the pride of their heart that deceived them. Now, Edom prided herself in her great wealth, which she obtained by trading and looting and by iron and copper mining. She also boasted in her almost impregnable position. She was situated in the clefts of the rock, a region of rugged mountains and high cliffs and narrow valleys that made her almost impossible to be conquered. But Edom was deceived by her own pride. Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now verses 3 and 4 are almost identical to Jeremiah 49.16, which says, Your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart, O you who dwell in the clefts of the rock, 
who hold the height of the hill. Though you make your nest as high as the eagle, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. There was no place that they could hide from the Lord. Verse 5. If thieves had come to you, if robbers by night, oh, how you will be cut off. Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If grape gatherers had come to you, would they not have left some gleanings? And so an ordinary thief would leave something behind. He would just carry out what he could carry out. But they would have nothing left behind. Grape harvesters would leave something behind for the gleaners to glean, but they would leave nothing behind. And so Edom would be cut off and left with nothing. Oh, how Esau shall be searched out, how his hidden treasures shall be sought after. All the men in your confederacy shall force you to the border. The men at peace with you shall deceive you and prevail against you. Those who eat your bread shall lay a trap for you. No one is aware of it. And so Edom would be ransacked by their enemy, but their enemy would have been considered a friend. You see, as a smaller nation, the Edomites knew that they needed allies to assist them. And God would turn these friends into enemies. Those who had eaten with them and made peace treaties would then break them. While pretending to be friends, they would turn into traitors. This probably occurred when the Nabataeans later went to the Edomites who took them in for a banquet. And once welcomed inside Edomite territory, the Nabataeans turned against their ally and killed the guards. Verse 8, Will I not in that day, says the Lord, even destroy the wise men from Edom and understanding from the mountains of Esau? Then your mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that everyone from the mountains of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. So God said, I will destroy the wise men. Now, they had taken pride in their wise men, but God would destroy them and their mighty men would be dismayed and Esau would be cut off. For violence against your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever in the day that you stood on the other side, in the day that strangers carried captive his forces, when foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, even you were as one of them. And so the main indictment was that they had been violent against their brother. And even worse than that, they had stood on the other side when foreigners came to take Judah captive. Now, Psalm 137 was written by the captives who wept in Babylon after the destruction of Jerusalem. And it says, Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it to its very foundation. And so they were cheering on the Babylonians as they conquered Jerusalem. Verse 12, but you should not have gazed on the day of your brother in the day of his captivity, nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor should you have spoken proudly in the day of distress. You should not have entered the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Indeed, you should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity nor laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the day of distress. 
So several charges against them. They, first, they should not have gazed upon them and rejoiced that they were being defeated. Proverbs twenty four seventeen says, Do not gloat when your enemy falls, when he stumbles. Do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him. But Edom had clearly gloated over the Jews. Second, he says, you should not have entered the gate of my people. So the Edomites actually entered Jerusalem and shared in dividing up the spoils along with the Babylonians, thus robbing their brothers of their wealth. And finally, you should not have cut off those who escaped. So they stood at the forks in the roads, ready to capture the Jews who were trying to escape, and then they turned them over to the Babylonians. And so for these things, God was going to bring his judgment. For the day of the Lord upon all the nations is near. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your own head. For as you drank on my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. Yes, they shall drink and swallow, and they shall be as though they had never been. So here is the key principle in all of this. As you have done, it shall be done to you. God keeps the record. He keeps the score. And what was going to happen to Edom was what they had done to Israel. They were going to reap what they had sown. Now, they had drank the cup of rejoicing when Jerusalem was destroyed, but they would drink the cup of wrath. And there is that cup of wrath that is referred to throughout Scripture when God brings his wrath in the day of the Lord against the nations. But on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. But the house of Esau shall be stubble. They shall kindle them and devour them. And no survivor shall remain of the house of Esau for the Lord has spoken. Now, at this time, it seemed like the Edomites had triumphed over the Jews, but in the future, Israel would be like a fire and Edom like stubble that is consumed. And they are no longer a nation. The last known Edomites were the Herods. Of course, Herod the Great had all of the babies killed that were in Bethlehem trying to uh, get rid of the Messiah. And so there are no Edomites that we know of left today. The south shall possess the mountains of Esau, and the lowland shall possess Philistia. They shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria. Benjamin shall possess Gilead, and the captives of this host of the children of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. The captives of Jerusalem who are in Sepharad shall possess the cities of the south. So what Obadiah was saying here is that Israel would ultimately possess the land that God had promised to them. Now, they never did possess all of the land that was promised to them. But in the future, in the millennial kingdom, the southern part of Israel will possess the mountains of Esau, which today is in Jordan and parts of Saudi Arabia. They will also possess Philistia, which is modern day Gaza. They will possess Ephraim and Samaria, which is where the West Bank is today. And they will 
possess Gilead, which is in the Golan Heights, as well as in the West Bank. And finally, they will possess Zarephath, which is in Lebanon today. So all of these areas will be possessed by Israel. They will take their possession as God will finally give to Israel the land that he promised them so long ago. But all of that will happen during the millennial kingdom. Then Savior shall come to Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Of course, we know from Revelation 19 that Jesus will come on a white horse at the end of the Great Tribulation to judge the nations, and he will be joined by the saints. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we pray the Lord's Prayer. This is what we're praying for. And those who are faithful to the Lord shall be reigning with him in this millennial kingdom. And so once again, we see Obadiah pronouncing judgment here against Edom. They would get what they had given out. And yet God has a future plan for Israel when Jesus Christ returns to this earth. And we shall reign with him forever and ever. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that teaches us about your nature, Lord. You are the God who judges justly. And I pray, Father, that we would do to others as we would want them to do to us, that we would remember the golden rule. Father, thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, is coming again. We pray, Lord, that we would be counted worthy to meet him and to reign with him. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will return to the book of Ecclesiastes, where we see that there is a time and season for every purpose under heaven. God has put eternity in the hearts of men. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.